I'm Peter Hernandez, and I've been in the real estate industry for 50 years as an agent, president, and founder of a brokerage. You're listening to The Core Truth, a collection of my experience, knowledge, and advice for real estate agents and executives to take their career to the next level. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Core Truth. Today, I have Dan Sakar. VP of Enterprise Innovation for Douglas Elliman on The Core Truth today, and we are going to cover a lot of topics on technology and innovation. But make sure you hang in to the end, because at the end, we're going to hit that spicy topic of artificial intelligence, and I know you have a lot of questions about that. Welcome to the call, uh, Dan. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Peter. It's my first podcast. I'm very excited. I'm kind of surprised at that, <laughs> but welcome. Unless I'm sure it's going to be great. So let's talk about the origin, the story, how you got into technology sure. and, and associated with Douglas Elliman. Sure, I'll try to keep this journey as concise as possible. Um, you know, back in the very early part of my career, I was a tech startup guy. So that's sort of how I began. And that's where I learned about technology and, you know, how to build platforms and, and launch them. That was sort of phase one of my career. Phase two of my career, believe it or not, was in management consulting. And it was for a, uh, a boutique consulting firm out of, uh, out of London that was a growth and innovation firm. And I know we'll talk about that word innovation. And what that meant is we helped large companies across many, many industries uh, come up with new business ideas, launch new businesses, things that maybe they were kind of set in their ways. They hadn't really thought about what they could do and that there was an innovative new uh, business they could get into. So we helped them define it and launch it. I did that for a long time. And, uh, and in that, towards sort of the end of phase two, uh, I started to notice that a lot of the ideas that we came up with, we would find a startup or a new tech company that was doing something similar that would help us execute. So that sort of formed the philosophy of the final, hopefully, phase of my career, because I love it, which is working in-house uh, to help modernize businesses like Element by especially keeping an eye on what's going on in the startup world and what's happening with startups and seeing if we can use what they have to offer. So that's, that's how I got here. That's so interesting. Um, I always enjoy talking to you because you're very heady and intelligent and I just love being around really smart people. And uh, you know, you. one of the questions I have is you know, innovation. I mean, you know, we all talk innovation, 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 you know, but how would you define innovation and when is innovation real and when is it just uh, passing fancy? Yeah, that's a, it's, it's such a great term because, I mean, I think it's, it's been used so often now that it's basically a cliche, right? So I think innovation is, uh, you know, it can mean a million things to a lot of different people. Um, in fact, when I, was, when I was doing that consulting work, sometimes, you know, that's when innovation kind of became a big topic on Wall Street and, and uh, analysts wanted to make sure every firm was doing innovation. So uh, literally, there would be some firms that say, can we just do a, a brainstorming session or a workshop? And then we can check the box that said we did innovation, which meant nothing because um, innovation is, 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 you know, if it's just an idea, it's nothing unless you put it into action. To me, innovation is um, stepping outside the business that uh, a lot of people have been in for many, many years, and they've become accustomed to doing something the certain way that they do it and looking at it with a fresh pair of eyes. And, uh, and saying, you know what, there's a whole new approach we can apply. Maybe it's a different business model. Maybe it's a different, you know, new service that we can add on. 
there's something exciting and new that we can do or a better way to do it because technology can, can solve some of these problems. Um, and to me, and this is a, a bigger discussion, which we'll get into, it's very hard for people who have been inside the industry for a very long time to really be the source of that innovation. So the, that's why philosophically in my job, um, I'm not the innovator. My job is to try to discover them. So I, I look outside the company. I look outside sometimes even the industry and I try to find startups. I try to find new companies. I try to find entrepreneurs who, you know, because they're outside and aren't burdened by, you know, the baggage of having to do things the same way it's been done for years and years, they come up with something innovative. And to me, innovate, innovation is usually a very often an outside in uh, disruption that comes out something in a totally new way. And, you know, other than that, you, you just, after years of doing this, you sort of know it when you see it. You know, companies kind of get stuck in their ways, don't they? And culturally, it's really hard to get them to pivot. Um, oh, yeah. Element, fortunately, is really open to changing and pivoting. But what would be your recommendation for companies or agents that are stuck, you know, they don't, and so many agents and, and clients mm -hmm. too. I mean, they don't want to stay, I call it staying relevant. Yeah. Like, you know, the only reason I get every new iPhone and every new piece of technology and everything is because I just want to stay current with stuff and try to understand it to the best of my ability. How would you advise or counsel companies and agents and clients to, to look at innovation and, and, and approach it? Well, I do what you're doing. I mean, I think you've sort of given the answer, which is to participate. Right. Don't be afraid of what's going on in the uh, emerging technology world, in things you hear about, you know, on the news that sound exciting, but also scary. Go mm -hmm. learn, go test it out and see what it's about. And I think that, you know, this philosophy, you know, I, I've been doing this type of role in house, but I think it's important to note that I, I also, which I think is helpful, came to Element from a different industry. I was doing this role in wealth management. And when I was working in wealth management, you know, there was all this talk about disruption and uh, a lot of financial advisors were worried about things like uh, automated investing platforms and robo advisors, they were called. And um, the answer for, for that firm that I was working at was not to sit around and wait to get disrupted. It was to go into that startup world where all that disruption was happening and participate, learn from it. And if you can find a good tool, maybe even adopt it. So I think whether it's companies or agents or anybody, you know, in almost any walk of life, um, you know, it's not to seal yourself off from what's going on. It's to learn to participate, even when it's a little bit scary. I think that is, you might discover something really useful and, you know, and, and you thought, you know what, I never thought about, you know, using an app in this way, you know, with my clients, but now that I see it, why wouldn't I do that? It's easy, let's, let's try it. So I think, I think it's all about participation. I think that's so funny. He just reminded me when I got my first computer, I was afraid to touch a button. I was sure I was going to screw the whole thing up. And, oh, yeah. you know, that fear is just is something that we have to get over. Um, so where do you see prop tech going? What is the future? What, what, what do you how do you see this evolving in, in sure. terms of real estate brokerage? Yeah, well, and first of all, it's great that you would define it in terms of real estate brokerage, because prop tech like innovation is a very broad word. And, you know, uh, the prop tech sector encompasses everything from construction technology to, you know, property management technology to, of course, brokerage. 
technology. So that's what we're really focused in on because our goal in participating, like we talked about participating in this world, is to try to bring some of the, the, the coolest and most useful ones into, into Element. Um, and this whole industry also, I should mention before we get into the future, it's, it's having an inflection moment just like the real estate industry is, right? We had a few years of really exciting growth really exciting, uh, you know, new tech firms being started in our space. And uh, just like the, the, the frenzy of the previous couple of years of the real estate market, it's cooled off a bit. And so the tech firms are trying to figure out what to do right now. And I actually think that's going to slow down the pace of new releases for the foreseeable short-term future. But it's a great opportunity to now focus instead on adopting what's already out there. And I think the, the near-term future really should focus on, and we'll talk about this for Elevin, but on, on being aware of what's out there, being aware of what's already been launched and, uh, and using it. Because I still think that for all the talk about prop tech, most people inside the industry don't even know what they already have at their fingertips. Okay. So, I would say that the short-term future is adoption. Um, the long-term future is going to be about pulling all these disparate tools together into a more seamless integrated environment, which, which we can talk about. But the, the pace has slowed, just like the, the real estate market for now. And that's an opportunity. And it's actually an opportunity for agents. And we can talk about some of those tools. But I think there's a great kind of breathing moment now to say, um, you know, before we kind of think about five, 10 years out from now, do we even know what's available right now? Because there's a lot that's cool that's been launched and we should take yeah. advantage of that. Yeah, let's take a look at that. But before we do that, you sure. brought up a good point that you know all these disruptors came into the business, discount firms, automated firms, uh, firms without bricks and mortar, mm -hmm. and firms that said they were tech that eventually evolved into full brokerages and weren't that tech and all kinds of experiments and disruption out there. And yet we didn't see a huge transformation of the way we do business, do we? I mean, there wasn't like, it was very interesting to me. And so that does make me realize how slow moving this is. Yeah. And I think that's important for a couple of reasons. First of all, and, you know, uh, one element, if especially is, is, you know, we're in the luxury space. We really deal with, um, you know, major asset purchases and transactions, right? That's, that still needs consultation, right? That still needs expertise and guidance. And I think that um, the notion that that could just, that could be automated away for what in most cases is the largest asset in people's lives, I think is a little bit naive, right? Mm -hmm. Elements of the process might be disrupted, but um, you know, I don't know if those are necessarily where the biggest value that agents are giving their clients exists anyway, right? It's mostly, right. you know, it might just be speeding up work. But in terms of, you know, the whole notion of we're, we're a tech firm, we're not this or we're that, you know, it, I, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but I'll just keep it simple, which is to say, you know, what is, what's your business model, right? Mm -hmm. Tech firms have a very often have a very specific business model. If you're in the business of software, for example, um, you're most likely on, on a SaaS model, right? Uh, uh, software as a service, a, a, a subscription fee, recurring revenue business model. That's not what a brokerage business model is, right? So if you're building technology to support an existing business model, you've made a choice 
to build it versus to look at third parties and use what they've developed. But, but if the business model is still a traditional business model, you're probably still a traditional company in that respect. And I think this goes back to the question you asked about what's innovation and what does it mean to have done things a long time in a company and then look at it for the fresh pair of eyes. Philosophically, I just think it's really hard for an existing company to build their own technology in a way that is going to be innovative. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because they're all industry experts and the tech developers are going to be reactive to what the industry veterans are asking for. And that's usually going to be what they're used to, right? Mm -hmm. If you're willing to say, I'm not going to be the developer. I'm not going to spend that time and money doing it, but I'm going to look outside the company to see what the other tech people are doing. Then you're more likely to have something a little more different, a little differentiated, a little newer, a little more innovative. And, um, you know, the great thing about that is, uh, if something better comes along, you can switch. Yeah. You know, you know, you, when I get asked this question a lot, Dan, I don't know if I answer it correctly. This is a good, maybe you can help me answer it better, but I get asked a lot because I've been in the business. This is my 52nd year in real estate. And so people say like, what has changed in real estate? What, I mean, how has real estate changed? I get asked that question all the time. Mm -hmm. And I always say like, well, it's still the basics. Not a lot has really changed. It's just, we're not using microfish anymore in fax machines. Right. You know what I mean? And, and, and we're using videos to market properties. And, and so there's something that you said that really, I think, hit a truth, which was that, you know, the, the disruption is going to occur if the agents don't stay relevant and keep up because the agent that does use tools like a great contact management system and video and all that stuff are going to accelerate. Yes. And leave those agents that aren't staying current with technology behind. That's what I see. Just because they can work faster, more efficiently, their work looks better, people can find it easier all, for all those reasons. So that's how I would describe the biggest changes in real estate that I've seen, honestly. I think that's exactly right. And I think it's, it's, it's really tactical, right? It's not so much about what's your value, what do you offer your clients? It's really about how do you deliver, so, you know, how, what are the mechanisms by which you do some parts of your job? Those can be automated. Those could be sped up with really great, efficient, modern tools. Why not use that? But if you're fearful that, you know, that's, that's somehow disrupting yourself, then you're probably not really assessing your value correctly. And I think, you know, uh, let's, just, let's just give a, an element specific example, right? We have, um, you know, uh, Studio Pro powered by a, a company called ReChat that has all these great email marketing templates. Right. Um, why not just use that? If you're, are you an email creator or are you, you know, a trusted guy to your clients who's helping them through this major transactions? Email is a tactic. It's a mechanism by which you communicate, by which you reach out, by which you market yourself. But um, it's not where you add your most value. So, so, you know, you can, you can still make it your own, but why not make it a little bit quicker? and a little bit easier and a little bit simpler on you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's where real estate has changed. It's on a lot of the mechanisms by which you do your job, but your value is, you know, just assess your value correctly and keep on top of those other things and, and you'll be fine. I, 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 I 100%, I 100% agree with you. You know, what I love about Element 
is we don't call ourselves a technology firm. We call ourselves a luxury brokerage that has great relationships in the country and around the world. And we put people and places together and we sell, like you said, some of the biggest assets people own. That being said, we're very technology forward. And we understand that to be effective and efficient as a brokerage, we need great technology. And so here comes Dan Sacker, VP of Enterprise and Innovation. What what is Douglas Elliman's goals, plans? What is the future for Douglas Elliman in terms of uh, technology for our agents and clients? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, first of all, um, it's technology in service of what we are. Right. It's mm-hmm. technology and service of enabling, you know, these agents to, to build and maintain great relationships and help their clients through these transactions and in terms of being the best luxury brokerage. Um, but there's a lot that we can bring to the table in terms of technology and that we have, again, almost entirely powered by third company, third party companies that we've discovered through this sort of venture startup effort that, that I'm involved in. Um, and, you know, the, the goal is to have agents save time where possible, start adding more value to clients where they may not have been able to as easily otherwise, and, you know, take a little of that burdensome administrative work and the time spent on it off of their shoulders by using some of these tech tools. If I could just give just give you know an example of, of what I mean by a couple of these things. Um, let's talk about video, right? Mm-hmm. We just recently launched an app, uh, Element Productions, powered by a company called Infinite Creator. Mm-hmm. Infinite Creator was originally uh, built out of a very traditional, old school, full service video production company that would only deliver their services to homes let's just say around $10 million and above because it was costly. It was time consuming. They'd send out a crew, right. And they would, you know, they would, uh, they would do a full service editing and what they built behind the scenes during that time, as they learned the expertise was a great do it yourself app for agents that they can Mm -hmm. take their phone. It guides them through, where to shoot, how to classify, okay, this is the master bedroom, this is the kitchen, this is the the family room. Walk through it. And by the way, you don't need any equipment. It has self-stabilizing technology. So it looks like it's on a dolly, I suppose would be the right term. Um, Very, very smooth. You upload it to their system and in less than a day, and I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's an average of 20 something dollars. You get a fully produced professional video that looks as if a you know production company made it. Now, when I say why is that important for agents, they say, okay, great. Now I can save time and money. And whereas before I would have hired a full service production company, mm-hmm. now I have this app. Well, that's not the future. If all you're doing is saving time and money on making a video that you would have made anyway, that's not the future. The future is this is such a good app and it's so easy to use and the output is so good and it's so inexpensive. Why wouldn't you do it for every property? Why wouldn't you do it for a two bedroom apartment? It looks amazing. Why wouldn't you do it for your own brand? And why wouldn't you do it for client communications? It has those kind of templates as well. So that is an example, I think, of our philosophy, which is let's roll out some products and services, but let's start to change mindsets 
so that it's not just about, I want to do the thing that I did just a little cheaper and faster. Now it's like, well, you can actually add that additional value to all your clients, right? You can bring, you know, it's so easy. You can start to do things where maybe you didn't think about this small property. I would make a, a video of it. You probably wouldn't have hired a full service production company, but why not just use your, your phone? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that. that is sort of an illustrative example. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you touched on this, but maybe, maybe get a little deeper into it. You know, sure. the philosophy of most brokerages is they're, like you said, they're trying to build their own technology or hire people to build specific technology for them. While we're looking to the young uh, innovators of the world that are disrupting everything and we're either using their technology or investing with them or, or, and bringing that to the forefront of element. How, how is that different? And why do you think it makes us even sure. more relevant than anybody out there? Yeah, I think it's it's a that's a great question. And and don't get me wrong, sometimes we are hiring them to do things that we know we need or we're missing. Um, and we do sometimes, but also by looking at outside the company, we discovered things that we hadn't thought of. Got it. And we thought, okay, that's really great. So I'm gonna get a little ahead of ourselves. I'm not gonna get into our big AI discussion, but let me give you one AI example that illustrates this well. We knew that uh, one thing that we wanted to do better for agents is enable them to purchase really impactful social media marketing for their listings, right? We were doing it in a very kind of cumbersome manual way. Uh, and, you know, we'd help them through our marketing department fulfill that. Uh, or agents could do it themselves, which is also time consuming. And let's be honest, a little confusing to figure out how to navigate, you know, let's just call it Instagram's uh, algorithm so that you know you're targeting the right people, right? There's, there's whole agencies that do this, who have that expertise. So we knew we needed something that could bridge that gap. And uh, through a company that we actually discovered and invested in, which is an AI real estate firm uh, that had amazing capabilities, we asked them, we said, you know what, could you, you have all these cool AI tools around, you know, understanding real estate. Could you build something that helps agents buy social media advertising, but make it really simple to them? Put all the magic of how you, you know, have these complex algorithms to target the right consumer. Put it in the background. We don't want to see it. Let's make it simple. And it took them, you know, within a few months, we had Ad Pro, which is now available to all agents. And it's five clicks that if they have a listing, they can upload it. They can uh, set a budget. They can, uh, it will pre-write the copy based on looking at the listing. It, of course, it can be edited. Agents can, can edit, you know, all of that. Um, it will target the right people just by understanding where it's located, what its budget range is, you know, what it looks like. And it'll then do it for you and give you a great report to share with your clients on what you're doing on their behalf. And the, the response rates for that have already been two or three times higher the traditional marketing. The thing that's different about our approach is we didn't try to build that. We're not AI experts, but we found them and we got it done very, very quickly. And mm -hmm. there's just something about the speed with which some of these smaller tech companies move mm -hmm. that is, I think, can't be reproduced by the biology of a large company. It's just, it's hard. It's, it's almost, I would say it's imp impossible, right? It's just Apparently not gonna too. happen. So um, I think that's, that's a great example of where we, we were able to launch something very quickly because we worked with a, a cool 
young entrepreneurial AI company instead of trying to hire, you know, AI developers to build it in-house. Wow. So what does the modern agent look like in your opinion and, and what tools um, should they be using? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, uh, we have a whole range of them already available to them, but I think the modern agent, it sort of starts with their core business, right? I think they obviously should be using great, con you know, CRM to manage their contacts and build out the outreach and the marketing templates and email templates that come from that. And I think we've, we've made that available to everyone through, through Studio Pro at Element. But then I think it's about looking uh, beyond the transaction. And I think that's where I think there's a lot of opportunity. What I mean by that, we've talked about video, we've talked about um, you know, uh, advertising, we've talked about the classic core tools or CRM, but I think the modern agent should start to think about what other value can I add so that I'm not viewed as just a transactional resource one time? How do I build a long lasting relationship so I get more referrals so I get more uh, recurring business from, from this client or maybe their families and their friends. And, um, you know, so I think there's, there's a lot of things that live beyond the transaction. For example, we launched a, a, something called Element Showroom not too long ago, which is uh, a platform, again, powered by a third party startup. You can start to see the, the, the theme here, the pattern. And um, when somebody buys a home, the agent can invite them into a branded element experience. By the way, the agent's name, contact information is always on top, lives forever. It comes from the agent. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it guides the client in a very simple, almost, uh, if anybody's used TurboTax, I'd kind of get a little akin to that step-by-step -step process to say, okay, great. We hear you bought a new home. Um, now you're moving. Where are you moving from and to? Would you like to find a mover? We can pull in quotes from multiple movers and give you the best ones that you can select. You probably need to change your address with the postal service. You probably need to start thinking about things like what was, I guess, in the past would have been cable, what will now be, you know, Wi-Fi and, and internet service or security right. or things of that nature. That's a great utility that we already have available that every agent can take advantage of. And by the way, it lives on so that if they need a plumber, um, if they need a painter, they can find one locally through that platform, but always with the element branding and the agent's name and contact information living throughout. So I think the modern agent start, should start taking advantage of tools that aren't just about doing what they do a little faster, a little more efficient, but also thinking, well, there's all these other things I can do to add more value to my clients, right? I can help them now with moving in, I can help them with setting up their, you know, their, their technology needs at the home. I can help them with alarm systems, things that I probably, you know, I may have spoken to them or gotten a phone call about, but now I can give them this awesome experience, but it comes from me and I can live now beyond the transaction and they can keep coming back to it for, for years if they want. So mm -hmm. I think, I think that's, you know, it's broadening. It's when you participate with all the cool new tech that's out there in the prop tech, you start to realize God, there's a lot of new things I can do I wasn't really doing before and I can do it efficiently and really help people out. I love that. I love that. All right. Let's get into the spicy topic. So everyone's talking about artificial intelligence. Yeah. Uh, 
some people are really afraid of it. They think it's going to take over the world. They think it's going to evolve into this something that's going to be controlling and we're going to lose control of it. And it's going to just become the evil empire. And oh my gosh, the apocalypse is coming, Dan. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so I hope not too. So um, what, do, what do you feel is the rise and future of artificial intelligence? And, and, what, and I have a very stupid, funny thing I want to comment on. Yeah. What is the definition of artificial? Yeah. Uh, is it fake? No. It's not fake. No. So what is it? It's not. It's a machine that is taught and programmed to scan data, build algorithms, and teach itself and to continually improve. It's really a form of intelligence that starts to take, uh, this sounds scarier than I intended to, a little bit of a life of its own as it, you know, as it, as the program learns from itself. So it's only artificial in the sense that it's not a human necessarily putting this output, um, but it's programmed initially by a human to do that. But it's not a dumb question. And, you know, it's actually a very complicated one that's gone on for years. I mean, artificial intelligence has been a topic since computers are invented. In mm -hmm. fact, if anybody uh, has ever heard of Alan Turing, who, uh, you know, who decoded the Enigma machine during World War II, um, and in many cases is credited with building the first modern computer to do so, he very quickly predicted that there'd be something called artificial intelligence um, and developed some tests to diagnose, you know, is this coming from a human or is this coming from a machine? Um, and I would say advances in artificial intelligence has made, made that a tougher thing to figure out these days. It begs the question, does life become art or does art become life? And, and I, I would suggest maybe the secondary because we've seen so much of this in movies and books and we've read about this and here it is, it's here. It's here, so, but it's been here for years. And I don't know if people realize that, you know, I, I always tell them, I said, you know, have you ever been on Amazon and it makes recommendations based on what you just bought? Have you ever looked on Netflix and it tells you the movies you might like or Spotify mm -hmm. makes mixes for you? That's yep. all artificial intelligence. What I talked about with Ad Pro. Uh, being able to market efficiently and target people, that's artificial intelligence. So it exists. I think it's a hot topic now because chat GPT is such a dramatic example that everybody can see and play with. Um, and I think it's sort of, you know, kind of shocked people. But art artificial intelligence is very much a part of our lives and has been for years. Okay, so let's go to chat GPT. You, you brought it up. Let's talk about it. Sure. How do you see that? Is, is this a good tool? Yeah. It will be. It is a good tool. It can be a good tool um, with boundaries and with some training, which you can do, by the way. That's that's part of when we say artificial intelligence. It's not just the thing and it sits there. It learns and it can improve. So um, I know with agents in particular, they're all often asking about chat GPT in terms of, well, can I just write listing copy, for example, right now? In fact, there's, a, there's an element agent in Long Island who started a business uh, called listing copy that does exactly that. And it has started to train chat GPT on some of the compliance, you know, aspects of it. So it's, you know, it's trying to be, you know, FHA and ADA compliant in terms of what it's writing and it's doing the right thing. If you just go to chat GPT, it may not do that right off the bat. So it needs some training. So, so I would say, you know, things of that nature worth playing around always, like I said at the beginning, participate, see what it's like, learn from it, but just proceed a little bit cautiously. And we're going to keep on top of some of the, the tools that will try to, you know, put some boundaries around it and make sure it works the right way. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I think again, it goes back to your original question. What's your value? Is it writing emails? Is it writing copy? Maybe it's something you pride yourself on, which is great. But if this can help uh, in time with the right boundaries, do that a little bit quicker and more efficiently, that will free up your time as an agent to spend, you know, building relationships and, you know, adding where, you know, your real value, I think is, is, you know, helping your clients navigate the transactions. So that reminds me that, you know, we're using artificial intelligence now to help manage our escrow process. And mm -hmm. we're working with a company to add artificial intelligence to that process to streamline, communicate better, become more efficient, stay on top of things, be more transparent, all that. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it's uh, helping us with portfolio escrow? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, so portfolio escrow, you know, traditionally speaking, it's officers would have to um, email everybody and tell them, okay, we opened, you know, this, this process and here's some, some dates that you have coming up ahead of you. And there'd be a lot of sort of back and forth and email writing. Um, oftentimes people would call in clients, agents, buyers, sellers to the, you know, remind me what, where are we in the process? What is the, what is the target date? What do I need to move in terms of funds? Where, when, what do I need to sign? And what we, you know, all of that lives in back office software somewhere. Right. So what we did with this with this AI firm is build a really neat window that can be accessed by you know everybody in the process. And it just pulls that information, it writes emails, sends them out to everybody as you know, as needed. Um, it uh it's super transparent. So everybody can kind of see log in and say, where am I in this process? When is what do I need to do next? What are the next action items? You know, remind me of the due dates. And it just makes everyone's life easier because now um, you don't have to, you know, read through a million emails or texts or try to call and track down someone uh, to answer your question um, who may or may not know the answer immediately. It's all available for you. So we mm. built sort of a, the simplest term would be a portal, but it's a very simple, clean, you know, ex expl explanation of where everybody is and what they need to do next. And um, already it's only been a couple months already thousands of emails have been saved um, from our officers having to write and communicate. And people are really, really happy to be able to, you know, get an automated text, get an email or log into this portal and find out where they are at any time in the process. So yeah, it's all about, it's all about trying to find the right ways to deploy AI that make everybody's life a little bit easier and better. And we, we have a lot more coming. So we are oh, working on that. Now, oh, yeah. now are, these, are these top secret? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are, but they're really exciting. So I can't wait until they're not. Okay, um, great. But yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Dan, this has been such a pleasure. Um, I appreciate you so much and what you do for the company and keeping us keeping us on the cutting edge, even the bleeding edge. I know people say, oh, I don't want to be on the bleeding edge, but I don't think it hurts to, to bleed a little and to, to be right there. And I feel we are, and it's really great. Yeah. Just um, want everyone to, to start to, to take advantage of what's already out there, right? Learn about some of these yeah. tools, see what's out there and start to use it because it will, it'll help the, your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, Dan Sacker, thank you for being on The Core Truth. And uh, we'll be back soon with another great topic.